Welcome to Loinlander, the internet's most unofficial Outlander podcast, episode three of three. We're your hosts, Megan, a huge Outlander TV series fan. And Joe, uh, not really a big fan, to be honest, but my wife makes me watch it. That's right, and we would love to hear uh, listener feedback. Yeah, so if you want to, if you're one of the four people in the world that have found this podcast <laughs> and would like to somehow contact us and you're not my mom, uh, please reach out to us at loinlander at gmail.com. That is loinlander at gmail.com. Or you can find us on the Twitter at loinlander. That's right. Okay, so we're here today to discuss episode three of season three titled All Debts Paid. Based on um, social media over the last couple of days, there are some book fans who weren't thrilled with this episode just because this episode has strayed more than any other from the book a little bit. Um, But there are some book fans who did like it as well. So, and we're going to give it our ratings at the end of the episode, we've decided. Yeah, it's a big change up. Big. Throw a curveball to all our fans. (laughs) Wait till the end uh, of one of our... One of our listeners suggested the, to wait for the loin points, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna execute that. Yeah, little teaser: Joe's mm. rating might be higher than before. Well, let's not get our hopes because it was a fantastic episode. Well, let's talk about it. Okay, um, so this episode was directed by Brendan Mayer, who also directed uh, the Battle of the Bastards. <laughs> no, the Battle of Culloden episode, the very first episode. one. Battle of the Bastards um, was really good. And this episode was written by Matthew B. Roberts, who is very present on social media, both on Instagram and Twitter. He writes the episodes. He's very involved with the fans, and um, he's a great writer of the show. Yeah, and, um, I've heard you speak about him for many years now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, although I'm sure I've seen episodes written by him, I never paid attention. So uh, this time I did. Let's right. So title shot. It was a big, beautiful dog under a table of decor of a, a table that was decorated for a sweet 16 birthday, and you said, "I really like that dog. Write that down. I like that dog." <laughs> and now that you mention it, I'm not sure we ever saw that dog I don't think again. We did, except in the birthday scene where they're actually singing. Was to the dog there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did they own the dog in the book? Did the dog have a name? I have no memory, and I feel like maybe they didn't. No one has any memory of that dog. He was only in the the little that beautiful dog. The little foreshadowing shot. Anyway, yeah. go go ahead. So Boston, 1956. Claire and Frank are in the kitchen, and Frank is making a proper English breakfast for Brianna. And she tastes his black pudding and says, oh, that's delicious. I've missed that. And Frank replies, good, perhaps I'm onto something, which Claire takes as flirting. And she asks him on a date. She does. And uh, she, she said, well, there's, there's a couple great movies. My yeah. buddy Joe Abernathy was like, you can go see this Western. If you don't like that, you can go see a Kurosawa film, which, by the way, means Joe Abernathy's got some pretty killer taste in films. Yeah. And uh, Frank's like, oh. I've seen um, both of them. Claire, I've seen those movies, both of them before. Yeah, and her like, face. Both of them? Like, what? It took Claire a couple seconds to kick in that, you know, Frank was just not Yeah. Just just not just sitting there waiting for her to to, to finally come around. I know. And we've learned that they've agreed right. to see other people. And mm-hmm. then he says, So I'm being discreet. But she looks like she agreed to it but didn't think he would actually do right. it. But it's obviously been years. Brianna's what, nine or ten years old? Yeah. It was kinda of one of those things where she she's like when I meant by seeing other people, I meant I'm going to see Jamie in my, in my dreams, dreams while I do things <laughs> yeah. to myself. That's what she meant by That's seeing what she meant. other people. Right. right. So, um, end scene. End scene. And then we go to Ardsmere Prison. 
And we are introduced to a very big character in the books, Lord John Gray. Reintroduced. Reintroduced. That's right. That's true. Because in season two, we met him as a young boy. Mm -hmm. Um, And he says, is it always so gloomy? And there's talk about the gold that um, was left for Charles Stewart. And the guy who he's replacing says, God, I'll be bad to get back. I'll be glad to get back to socialization. And he introduces him. He says, there's Red Jamie. They call him McAdoo. And then he says, those who fought him at Preston Pants say he's the devil himself, which I thought you would appreciate because you're always surprised that Jamie is considered a super warrior, right? Apparently, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then then we go to a scene where, um, and this is kind of your moment, where Jamie is sitting in the prison and he's talking. And you hear a voice that says, so you've seen the new governor then. And you know who it is. I I knew who it was. You hope. There's you no hope, hope against hope. My boy Murtaugh is alive. He is alive, just as you predicted. I know. And he's sick, though, and he's sadly holding yeah, a piece he's of tart. <laughs> on the, the door of not being there anymore. But, you know, but he's got nice this cool salt and pepper beard going on. He's yeah. got like a babushka situation because he's <laughs> cold and sick and yeah. rat bites. And Murtaugh is not in a good place. I mean, none of them are in a good place. Jamie looks just... Terrible. Jamie has some sort oh, of skin disease or it, condition yeah, on his it's forehead. Like a, a psoriasis. He needs some head and shoulder. I don't know. But uh, although black, he actually of. looks better after six years of prison than he did when he was just like robot fused by a mountain man. So yeah, I agree. So social life has done him some some good. Look, being sure. in the prison with yeah. his fellow Scotsman totally. and Murta, and his, his kinsman. His boy. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jamie is the only one in chains. And um, he gets sent to Lord John Gray's office or his room, I guess, his dining room. And they have a discussion about rats. And Jamie basically says, you know, we're eating yeah. we're eating. Don't rats. kill the rats. They, they want to give him a cat to yeah. kill the rats. Yeah. To, but Jamie's like, well, that's kind of what we eat. So please don't do that. Yeah. And the thing that I like about this scene is that Jamie sort of has his mojo back. He's, oh, yeah. He's fierce Jamie again. And I think that's in part... In large part to the fact that he's got Murtaugh. Like, he's lost Claire, Mm -hmm. so he's still, you know, he's not whole, but he's got an important person in his life. Well, and he's got, he's got his Scotland, you know, because the, basically the, all the prisoners are the, sort of represent his Scotland. And he, you know, they're looking to him and he's sort of, he kind of has something to live for, something to fight for. Yeah. He has a cause that lets him forget, you know, and I think he refers to, you know, when he tries to heal Murtaugh or, or give him some crushed twigs Leaves, and berries yeah. or whatever, yeah. uh, he's like, "Oh, I, you know, I, I knew a lady that's that <laughs> helped." It's like, who you who are you kidding on that one? Yeah. Murtaugh was went across the countryside dancing on swords with her. She he knows who you're talking. He knows about. the last. But you're anyway, he, to. he can yeah. he he cannot speak of the Sasanak. No. So so that's <laughs> uh, so he's he's not he's not happy with that. But he's, he's not a hundred percent. But he's. No. He's he's a lot better than he was in last week's episode where he was walking like there was something wrong with his vertebrae yeah, and no, barely no. speaking. He's so, ste- he stepped it up for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we get the scene where Claire is graduating from medical school. She's taking a picture with Joe Abernathy, and then Brianna insists that they she takes a picture with Frank. Okay, so I'm gonna just stop you for a second. Yeah. This is this is one of the major issues I had with the show. Yeah. Is that it. The wild time jumps. Yeah. It, you know, it starts out, the very first scene, it starts out 
we're already ten, I believe, ten years farther ahead than we were at the end of the uh, the previous episode. Yeah, because Brianna's about ten. Yeah, right. So immediately it jumps ahead, um, and then it jumps ahead again, but it doesn't. There's no timestamp. There's no timestamp. Sometimes there is. Sometimes there's not. That's the part that's confusing. Is that sometimes there are timestamps, and sometimes there aren't timestamps. And if you're book people. You just understand what's going on. Yeah. But for people like myself, it's like, wait a minute, Claire's got a radically different hairstyle and Brianna has grown three feet and, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of jarring that you're just supposed to, you're just supposed to know all of a sudden. Because here's the thing, Tobias Menzies doesn't really look like, sometimes he's got, sometimes he's got sideburns. Like, Claire, do you like my sideburns? Like, he's like, he's got sideburns or not. Like, he doesn't glasses. look, and yeah, he's got those funky glasses. He doesn't look dramatically different. They don't look dramatically different enough yeah. like Claire suddenly has white hair or something yeah. so it's it was a little if, it, if, if I was watching the show without you to, to hold my hand yeah. as to where we've now jumped to I would have been totally lost especially since back in in ye old Scotland it's not jumping it's all taking place yeah, in that period of time right. that John Gray came and yeah. was the governor of the prison yeah. I agree and that is something that they did in the in the past in the previous two episodes as well There'd be a long period spanning for Jamie, but it would be focusing on a year of Claire's life. So we are moving, like we are showing all the years that they were apart, but kind of fragmented. and It's in, disjointed. It's very disjointed. It's a little disjointed. Anyway, that's but, all. That's but, my complaint. But it, it works for me, but I can see as someone who hasn't read the book that it wouldn't necessarily work for them. Yeah, I mean, they have to do it. They can't, they don't have the the luxury of a thousand pages of copy to, yeah. to work with. So right. I understand why they're doing it, but it's just... Is jarring for someone who's not uh, who who isn't already polished up on on what's about to happen. Right. Anyway, so they're at the graduating party. They take a picture with yeah. uh, her and Frank, which is obviously a little bit awkward. And then Joe Abernathy gives gives her a strong martini, and you can see they've got like cute friendship between them. Then the doorbell rings. And who's at the door? Um, Speaking of a cute something. So this kind of this kind of bothered me a little bit because Frank. Literally in the last scene we saw him said that he was being discreet. And right. that to me is not discreet. And Claire is like, even you, when you saw Katrina Balfe do that look, oh, you were like, had, I've seen that look yeah, before. Yeah, that's her murder eyes. Yeah, um, Claire has a better but, fuck you face than anyone oh, I know. Yeah. 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 But here's the thing, to go back to what I was just saying. Yeah. That's like six years. So he had been maybe discreet for a long time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, so, good point. So, you know, but it just again that's part of the disjointedness is the very like the last time we'd seen him he's being he's trying to be discreet and now it's six years and there's people just just pouring well up that to the wasn't door. that wasn't six years you know? because think about how Brianna was the same age right little Brianna at the graduating party at the graduation party is the same age as little Brianna who comes into the kitchen is she yeah oh, I okay. think so I think it's the same know. actress okay. but it might have been a couple yeah, years but it's it's a little hard to tell right um, so then we go to back. To the past and there's an old man wandering in the field and he's basically gibber jabbering nonsensical information about gold so john gray needs jamie to translate because he says i understand you speak gaelic and french and this person is kind of saying that and it's really important that i figure out what he's saying because it has to do with the gold and jamie says he has one condition besides taking his chains off which john gray does and that's to help his kinsman Murta fitzgibbons well, he if he has for everybody. He wants blankets right. and medals for all. That's of them, true. But, and you know, John Gray's like, like uh, no, I, I got that. No. So and then he's like, okay, how about this? Help Murta Fitzgibbons. But the thing that confused me, and maybe some of our listeners can help, is that I thought Murta's last name was Fraser, because he's 
part of the family, isn't he? He's like part of the Fraser clan, is he not? I don't know. Me neither. Anyways. Um, but I'm, I'm guessing not. Unless it's an alias. I don't know. I don't know either. I really don't. Um, so then we are back in Boston and Claire is sitting in the living room, staring ahead, smoking and looking livid. Super pissed. Um, Frank comes in mm-hmm. and she just goes at him and he says, keep your voice down. You'll wake Brianna is one of the first things he says. Um, but then when he gets mad, they, he reminds me a little bit of Jack Randall. There's like yeah, well, a little bit of... I mean, it's a family. It's a genetic... The genetic code is trickled down. Yeah. And, and Claire says, have you fucked her in our bedroom? And you said, just on my half. That's right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> half of that's his. Half of that's his bedroom. His tiny little ottoman yeah. bed. But yeah. she's like, fine, we'll get a divorce. We learned that Jerry and Millie have, have gotten a divorce and that Jerry didn't get to see his kids. And Frank's basically saying, no divorce. We are stuck in this marriage. Oh, is that Jerry and Millie of the previous of the, the yeah. pudding party of yeah. a couple episodes or last yeah. episode? Oh, they, they got divorced. I didn't man. put that together. Yeah. And he says, so I'm not going to do that. So we're not getting divorced. And then they have that scene of just the two of them on the couch. And Claire is so mad. You can see her trying to drink her whiskey and her lower lip. I don't know if you noticed this, but it was like oh. she couldn't. Just, it was shaking. She was him. so angry. But Frank's in it 100% for Brianna. He's, oh, you know, he's, he's, saying, saying, he's saying to her, like, and when you look at them, they're both trapped. He's trapped too. Neither one of them want to be in that situation. They both look miserable. Mm-hmm. And they're as imprisoned in their situation as Jamie is right now. But this is the first time ever that Claire has been really re- 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 rebuffed, rebuked, or whatever, yeah. scorned yeah. in, the, in the, the history of the, the show. Like, basically, Frank was... Frank was Getting himself some Frank. And, and it was, yeah. I don't know, long overdue. I know. I mean, they agreed that it was, the, it's not like he was cheating because yeah. they. But they I guess already, for her, she's frustrated because she. She can't have her. Well, no, she says, let's have a divorce then. And he's like, right. that's not going to happen. And at one point, she even says to him, I would never keep Brie from you. I promise we'll come up with a situation where she's in your life. And I he says. This. He said uh, something, I can't, something like, oh, I don't trust your promises, Claire, or something like that. Like, yeah, he... Yeah, forgive me if, yeah, I, don't forgive take me if your... I don't take your word. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because she married him and then went back in time and got pregnant yeah. from a dirty Scotsman. Not just that, though. Then she came back and said that they would stay married and right. they would make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And then that didn't really work she either. She did not make the best of it. So there has there have been a couple times. She's... Uh, well, well, we'll get around to, to my... Claire, Claire thoughts okay. on the, towards the end. Um, so then there, we are back in Ardsmere Prison and there's a translation scene and it goes on a little longer than I would like and there's a lot of information and he's saying Jamie's mom's name. He's saying Dougal, Colum, and Ellen too. Ellen is Jamie's mom. Then he mentions the White Witch, which we all know refers to Claire and you can mm-hmm. see Jamie gets very, very interested because in this, all of the gibberish, he thinks... Jamie interprets it as Claire is on that island looking for me. With the gold. With the gold. Maybe. Maybe, but, yeah. But, yeah. All he cares about is that the, yeah. she might be there. And John Gray comes in and Jamie sort of brushes him off like, yeah, no, he's nonsensical. He's not really saying anything. Yeah. 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 He tells him the truth, kind of. He just leaves out why it's important to Jamie. Yeah. Um, then it's Brianna's 16th birthday, mm-hmm. at which point you yelled out, timestamp bullshit, because yeah. you wanted a timestamp. Yeah, I told, because Megan takes notes, and I was like, write that down! Timestamp time stamp bullshit! Because yeah. again, they jumped ahead, and uh, they didn't timestamp it, and you just had to... 
you know, I mean, there are candles on the cake, but, you know, who has time to freeze frame and count? And, well, and, and sweet 16 birthday cards all right, over. Right, but, yeah. but uh, you know, it's just still, just, just at that point, just it kind of yeah. annoyed me a little bit. But just, then the second thing you said is how great Claire looks with the bouffant hairstyle. <laughs> I love, I love the hair, the 19 whatever 60 something hairstyle. Yeah. She rocks that she hair. Look, Katrina yeah. Boff looks so good yeah, with that she hair. she looks great. That's the best she's looked in the whole series. Oh, truly. I mean, the rest of the time she's looking like right. drowned rat in Scotland. Well, right? actually, sorry. A... That's not true. Yeah. She had, she looked incredible in Paris. Even though, oh, you're right. Even though yes. I hated all of Paris, yeah. everything they, they did in Paris, I just, I found... It was just unwatchably yeah. terrible and mm-hmm. boring. Mm-hmm. She looked unbelievable. She her looked her so outfits good. were just over. The, it was some of the some of the greatest costumes I've ever seen on a television. Well, show. they won an Emmy as they should have. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, great hair though. Um. So then, uh, Myrta and Jamie are back in the prison. They're talking, and Myrta tells Jamie that he thinks about Claire and the baby sometimes, and says to Jamie, "Do you?" And Jamie says, "It wouldn't do any good." But this is why we needed Myrta in the series right because we need someone in Jamie's time period who remembers Claire had lived with Claire and Myrta was like well do you mind if I pray for them then if you're just going to be a sullen bitch about it yeah totally yeah I love Myrta he's just he's me yeah and at one point when Jamie's telling a story about what he'd seen yeah exactly one point when Jamie's telling a story about what he'd seen He's slowly telling it, and Murta's like, "Can you speed up before I die? Waiting for you to finish your sentence." Yeah. Like he's, no, I love it. He's I amazing. It. Yeah, he's great. So John Gray invites Jamie to join him for dinner, and at first Jamie turns him down, but then he looks at this gigantic pheasant or turkey and says, "Fine," because because it looked good. It, looked it smelled than real the good. Yeah, raw rats. Yeah, he's he been going on. Just, and then he took a bite, and he just the look. It was actually. I think the happiest that Jamie's probably looked since, I don't even know, season one? Like, has he looked that happy in the show ever, maybe? No, he liked that fight He's generally just, Yeah, like, that was actually his most joyful moment, was when he took a bite of that pheasant and the, the wine sauce. And he says something about the exact type of sauce it is. The exact type of, uh, type of wine, yeah. So John Gray said it was a, it was a wine, in a wine sauce, and Jamie actually names the wine i believe yeah, and, and, and john gray's stunned it, because he has no idea like he's he has no idea way if he's right and or he even he's says wrong. that i have no idea but he's got this look of like i really like you like yeah. this is enjoyable i'm sitting here eating dinner and that's why the old governor of the prison used to invite jamie to dinner too mm-hmm. because jamie's educated he could play chess he mm-hmm. could have proper meals yeah. with proper manners you can tell from there that john john gray is both surprised and impressed yeah yeah he's possibly enamored yeah um, and Jamie, at, during that meeting, also gets permission to hunt for all the men. But then on the very first hunting trip, he flees. Yeah. <laughs> so he's also... He gets the trust and then And then he... just shoves it right where the sun don't shine. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. He, he does a, a devilish ruse and, and hides under a piece of sod, um, which is back in the old days how they did it. Yeah. So, yeah, but it worked. And uh, John Gray got all cheesed. He did. And then uh, the next scene after this with is this is it the very next scene where it, this is another one that got a little confusing for John me. John Gray is peeing and Jamie comes yeah. up from behind and and pins Well they're him in. standing on the other side of the, you can see the this island. Yep. And the lieutenant or whoever is, you know, basically said if he swam out there he's he'd be dead. He'd be dead. Yeah. Whatever. And then you see John Gray in some sort of ruiny bit. And all of a sudden, Jamie comes up behind, you know, he's, he's letting, yeah. taking the leak, and Jamie comes up behind him with a yeah. knife, and, and they have this, you know, actually, they have this 
very nice moment. It was a nice where, moment uh, in the end. Where Jamie basically reveals that he knows who he is, mm-hmm. and uh, he knows that John Gray knows who he is. Mm-hmm. You know, when he asks him why he didn't say it, um, and, and basically they have this sort of uh, they have this bonding moment where he he basically. You know, tells him you you did pledge to kill me, and uh, John Gray says, "I don't kill you, in, well, unarmed prisoners." He gives him a sword back. He's yeah. like, "You know, have at it." Yeah, have at it, Englishman. And John Gray says, I'm, "I'm not gonna have none of that." So, but then he wants to know why, and apparently Jamie had swam to the island and found that Claire was like they just just decided to not show any of that they just apparently Jamie had I think there's going to be a flashback because someone actually called Matt B. Roberts out on that and said Mm -hmm. what about when he goes to the island and I thought we were going to see him and Matthew B. Roberts wrote Patience so I think we are going to have a flashback and he did explain it in the next scene where the two of them are talking and he's like I wasn't totally honest with you when I told you everything Mm -hmm. that the gibberish man was mumbling one of the things he said was that there was a white witch and my wife was a white witch so I thought maybe she was on the island right she was not on the island, nor were there any jewels, why, but except there, one. Except for this jewel. And this is it. Set, yeah. Which, why did he give him it? I don't know. Anyway, to gain his trust, I'm not really sure. Uh, but it was weird. It was kind of like he, in the span of, I don't know, an hour and a half, he swam to the island. No, no, no. That was year. That was not years. Year, that was so days later. That was, because remember, it was it was days later. Was it? No yeah. one, there, again, there's no Time's concept down. of time. I know. Like, there's no, we had no idea. Basically, it looks like it's in the same time of day. It looks like basically... John Gray rode out, took a pee, and got hijacked by Jamie, who had apparently swam, swam the channel, <laughs> came back, looked around, grabbed a <laughs> sapphire, didn't find his wife, dried off, and decided it was time to die. I think there was more time in between. Uh, I would hope so, but Un- they decided unclear, that though. they didn't. Un- very unclear. They yeah. decided, decided not to show anything. Um, and and again, this is something I was going to save to the end, but I may as well say it now that I really feel like there was enough interesting content. Soak that one up. There's enough interesting <laughs> content in this episode that it could have been two episodes. It could, they could have stretched this out to two episodes. They, they, I really felt like there were a lot of things that they just sort of rushed and glossed over that they really could have uh, dove into. And the the most important one, and I know we're not done talking about it, but mm-hmm. I think the most important one was well, there was two. I mean, it was the 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 Claire and Frank thing. I think it could have been stretched out. I really think that uh, I might be jumping the gun talking about this, but I really think they uh, really needed to flesh out Frank's relationship with Brianna. That yeah. plays into stuff we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah. And uh, I also really think they they could have you know really kind of stretched out the the relationship between Jamie and John Gray and these and moments like this with the you know obviously this island thing was a really big deal yeah and i think it it deserved its moment to to breathe a little bit you know basically John like it was a huge thing like yeah. he great he gained John Gray's trust and then fucked him right over immediately thereafter yeah. and then but then the next time he sees him he's like why don't why don't you kill me and john gray's like no and you know or, well, he's not scotch but you know and, and <laughs> yeah. so i just like the, but there was a big kind of chunk in between you know i yeah. don't know anyway. i think we're gonna get a flashback on that maybe we'll see. that being said you you wanted more um time to develop the relationship between lord john gray and jamie but what are your thoughts about lord john gray and the actor who plays him. I'm going to say Lord John Gray is probably my new... Well, he's not my favorite character, but he's he's good. I just... I like him as a character. 
he is oh, except for the fact where he got completely bamboozled by um, Jamie mm-hmm. he's not he's not dumb which no, is one of my I favorite know. things there's a lot of this this show is just to the gills with dumb characters yeah and John Gray is is sensible he's sensible and he's a good person yeah. he has uh, you know like there the, every time you know the, the the good guys and the bad guys in this show have always been I don't know for me it's ambiguous and the good guys have been unlikable and the bad guys have been unlikable and I just you know with the exception of my boy Mortad there hasn't and Rupert Rupert. occasionally Jenny uh, there hasn't been a lot of of, a lot of people no no not Fergus Fergus. for you okay Fergus for me Uh, there hasn't been a lot of people I could get behind on this show yeah uh, so to speak and I feel like uh, John John Gray John, I don't know. I like the character. You can get behind John Gray is what you're saying? You can get behind me? Whatever. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> He's a great character. And He's a great character. David Barry, Here we who go. is cast yeah. as, as Lord John Gray, is a main character on a show called A Place to Call Home, which is an amazing show. A and it's, niche Australian it really, it's a really, drama. It's a great show, and he has a huge part in it. So mm-hmm. it's funny that he took this smaller part on Outlander. It's a smaller part in a bigger a, show. Yeah, in a bigger show with a ton of potential because Lord right. John Gray in the books has his own series that's mm-hmm. all yeah. about him. And every once in a while, the characters of Jamie and Claire will come into his story, but it's all about his life and his story. So there could potentially even be a spinoff starring David Barry as Lord John yeah. Gray. No, smart play. Smart career move, I think, for yeah, sure. Yeah, really. And Who's, he's great in it. Yeah, good character. Like yeah. there were scenes I felt between him and Jamie between David Barry and Sam Hewen, where he was almost outacting Sam Hewen. <laughs> like, he was <laughs> really good. Oh, uh, well, whatever. I could take just... That's just too easy. I okay. could just fire salvos at Sam Hewen, but if someday, I don't know. Okay. He may listen he's, to this. He's... I doubt it, though. <laughs> uh, so, anyway. But I will say that... Uh, sorry, just... Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we're, we're really hanging on this. Yeah. Maybe a little too long. But what I, the other thing I will say is that... Another reason I like John Gray... And Sam Hewen is that um, I really feel that there is a rare chemistry between those two actors. That uh, there there isn't a ton of even Claire and Jamie. Like I know they have the romance and stuff, but they don't have I don't think have the scene to scene chemistry. There's not a, like Myrtle and Jamie have that chemistry yeah. a little bit. Like like there isn't maybe that's another thing that I don't really love about the show that I'm thinking you know I'm discovering as I talk it out. But but there's there's not a lot of characters that have really great. Like scene, like on screen chemistry, and um, like automatically, John Gray and Jamie had fantastic on screen chemistry. That's good casting. It was good casting. I need to strongly disagree when you said that Katrina Balf and Sam Hewen don't have chemistry because they have incredible chemistry. I'm sure the two other people in the forecast that listen to this show are probably thinking the same thing, but uh, (laughs) I disagree. Okay, so the next scene is Brianna's graduation from high school so now we know Brianna is and I actually think that there is a bit of a timestamp because it's her graduation and it says class of 66 yeah so now we know it's 1966 Brianna is 18 years old Mm -hmm. Frank is heartbreaking in this scene as Brianna gets up to walk across the stage Frank and Claire who looks her hair she's got the bouffant hair Mm -hmm. her eye makeup is incredible and she's got these beautiful white gloves the two of them are clapping and Frank says that's my girl Oh, Frank just And loves. he means it. Like, I looked at your face, and I could tell you felt it for Frank when he said that. Yeah, this is what I mean. I would have loved to have seen... The, like, the thing about it is there, there was never really, like... And I know this isn't Frank's show, 
But um, I would have loved to have seen just one scene of Frank and Brianna. You know, like in a... Just just no Claire, just Frank and Brianna. Interacting. Having bre- yeah. You know, like, for, for example, he said he was making the English breakfast for Brianna. Yeah. But we never actually saw Brianna even... She came in. She came into but, that but scene she and sat didn't, down. Yeah, but I know. But there was no... That's true. Like, it was no, like, I made this for you, Brianna. Yeah. She's like, I love it, Daddy. Or anything yeah. like that. Like, it yeah. was no... You know, there was no... They never really interacted. Yeah. You know, I would have loved to have seen a scene where whatever. They're in the park or buying a book or... Something. any You know, any yeah. just to show that they actually had a really tight relationship. Because yeah. that's that plays out later in the episode. Yeah, absolutely. So... Um, although there is that quick scene when Claire is graduating from med school... And he keeps saying, like, oh, aren't you aren't your reservations for six? Aren't your reservations for six? And then Brianna says to him when she's little, are you coming, Daddy? And he says, no, I have to work. And Brianna says, I'm not going to go either then. I'll stay with you. No, totally. So it's like small little things. Uh, it's but not enough for me. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and so then we have John Gray and Jamie playing chess. And mm. John Gray confesses to Jamie basically that he's gay. Or that he, if he's not gay, he's been in love with... A well, man no, named not Hector. basically. Like, he confesses that he's yeah. gay, which I thought was actually pretty interesting because that was, I don't know, a pretty bold play for the time. Yeah, and that he was in love with, right with Hector and that his brother thought he would just get over it. But he says to Jamie, some people you grieve over forever. And Jamie finally talks about Claire and he says her name and he smiles. And then John Gray... He also tells John Gray before... before their really, Isn't this the scene where he also tells him that when he was little... That he tricked him. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, "That was my wife. You've actually right. met her." And yeah. he and and yeah, David Barry plays that so well because he actually kind of giggles and he says, right. "That was your wife. I had no idea. I'm yeah. such a fool." It was another fantastic chemistry it was. moment. And yeah, then, and then Lord John Gray reaches over and touches Jamie's hand, and Jamie in a suggestive manner. In a well, in a in a friendly manner. No, for sure, that was not a friendly manner. Well, that was a highly suggestive. Hey. I like you, you like me, how much do you like me, let's find out, manner. And Jamie says... I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. And gets up and walks away, and he breaks John Gray's heart. He does. I'm just going to go and say this. Jamie, I mean, he was frozen with... He was petrified with, uh, let's call it PTSD, um, from what had happened before with the the lavender and the hair and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I don't know. I feel like... Under different circumstances, Jamie might have been down. With Lord John Gray? I, I don't know. He's a he, pretty likable guy. Why wouldn't you? He didn't. Uh, here's what I said to, to Megan. It's, it's uh, you know, he did utter a, a, a threat to his life, but he didn't, no point did he actually pull his hand away. He just said, remove your hand. Yeah. He didn't, like, jerk back or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know. For a second there. You thought maybe. I, I just, I mean, I, I knew not because, you know, I know things. Right. But, uh. I don't know. The, they, they, I just thought they played it instantly, where it wasn't like, or sorry, played it interestingly, where yeah. Jamie didn't instantly recoil or yeah. you know like you know do this thing where he gets up and like kicks over the checkboard. Like, you know, how could he, you? No, he, well, John no. Gray is a likable guy. Right. So it was just kind of it was the, the way they played it. You know, they kind of gave you the sense that I, I don't know either he was so petri- you know uh, petrified, petrified with yeah. with uh, you know traumatic memories or whatever because I don't think there was any. Like that's the thing. Like he really rebukes John Gray in a in about as aggressive manner as you. Well, yeah. no, not actually. Sorry, I shouldn't say that because he didn't strike him or anything like that. But he, you know, he threatens his life and he meant it. But uh, that was purely just at Blackjack Randall. 
Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent it was. Yeah. Right. Otherwise so, he would have been like, well, you know, I'm more into right. girls than guys, like but thing. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, so that was a really tough scene because David Barry plays it incredibly and you just see like a tear fall down mm-hmm. as Jamie storms away. Um, and then, as if that's not sad enough, then we are taken back into the living room in Boston where Frank walks in and says to Claire, tough surgery? I can tell just by looking at you. And he says it with affection because right. Claire's sitting there. You can tell she's going over her surgery. And then he says, I wanna, I'm going to go, I'm moving back to England. And Claire's like, well, that doesn't work for me at all because of the hospital and I need to do this. And he says... It's like, that's funny because I wasn't inviting you. Yeah. But I'm taking Brianna. Yeah. Actually, sorry, he didn't even say I'm taking Brianna. He says, I'm, I'm going to ask Brianna to come with me. Because Brianna's now 18. Yeah, and he's like, and I'm pretty confident that, he's like, I haven't asked her, but I'm pretty confident she'll say yes. And the way he says it, like, he's so confident in her choice. He's so confident. Right. And, and he basically lambastes Claire for being a terrible, self-centered mother. Well, no, just because she's ambitious and went to med school doesn't mean she's a self-centered, terrible mother. That's, but but that, I'm not saying she. I'm not saying she is. I'm right. saying that's what Frank's Frank was right. saying. Right. Like yeah. basically, he said you. You were never you're around. Never around. You're distracted. Yeah. You know, that, that's basically those. That's what his implications are. Yeah. And so, and, so basically, you know, obviously, Brianna is going to come with me because I'm the only person that has actually shown her any affection. Because Frank's theory is, every time Claire looks at Brianna. She just sees Jamie and gets sad, so she can't interact with her. Well, I think he was saying, you're not interacting with me because Brianna is a constant reminder of Jamie. No. Well, I I mean, that's not how I took it. You might be right, but how I took it was she wasn't interacting with... Like, that's why she didn't have a strong relationship with Brianna, and Brianna would be quick to leave because Claire didn't interact with her because of her relation... Because because it was painful to look at her? Exactly. So whenever she looked at her, she saw Jamie, and because... Um, of things we will get into a little bit later that that caused a rift between her and her daughter. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he meant she reminds he, she reminds you of Jamie so you never could get over him. Um, hmm. But And then at one point, this is one of my favorite Claire moments because she throws such shade at his girlfriend. She's like, are you going to take candy with you? And he's like, it's Sandy. It's Sandy. Yeah. No, that was great. Yeah. She's um, a caddy lady when she wants to be, for sure. Great yeah. No, I was good. But when he brings up the Brianna thing, it enrages Claire to the extent right. that she actually, he's sitting on the couch and she comes and stands over him and like reaches for him, like threatens him physically. And he kind of moves his arm up to protect his face. And I thought, I'm like, that's such a, that's such a twist on the jack randall claire relationship right like frank is even though he looks like black jack he he's a pretty innocent guy like his wife comes up to grab his arm and he like puts his hand in his defense kind of thing and he says to her i would like to live the rest of my life with a wife who truly loves me and is that too much to ask is that unreasonable i don't think so for all of the frank haters out there is that unreasonable it most certainly is not i mean i still say to this to this day that frank Stuck it out with Claire way longer than he ever should have. Well, he had to because of Brianna. Well, but he could have like walked away from that a long time ago. And I feel, unfortunately, you know, he stayed in too long. He did. And he says to her, if Brianna wasn't around to be a constant reminder of Jamie, would you eventually have gotten over him and forgotten about him over time? Mm-hmm. And she says, there's no amount of time that would make me forget him. Which is super romantic and so nice, but so mean to Frank. cold as shit. Just, but at that point, she just wants to hurt him. 
Yeah. She's just being, you know, they're just fighting and so. Yeah. So then we are back in the prison and all the prisoners are lined up and they're being taken to the colonies and they're all about to be shipped out when they, and someone comes up and says, James Fraser, you're coming this way. And there's this moment where, because he's obviously standing in line with Murtaugh, and there's this moment where he's kind of being pulled and he and Murta are looking at each other like, what What do we do? Yeah, like, this... what do we do? There's nothing we can do because they start pushing all of the prisoners one way and Murta is with them and Jamie's being pulled in a different direction to the other side. Yeah. And it's painful as a viewer who's been waiting for them to be together for so long to see that happen. And it's right. really like kind of the camera work is really, it's like shifty and confusing and they keep doing shots and it's like, oh, where's Murta? There he is, but he's going. And well, what's the best part of that scene? What is the best part of that scene? That Murta is still alive in oh, the end. Oh, right, because he had help right. from a doctor. Yeah, and that's doctor... right, because halfway through the episode, you were like, right. Murta's going to die. Yeah, and then, and it was then such literally a... the next scene, they're like, well, good thing we, we have cured a doctor. him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but... I'm happy to hear that your friend Murta is better or something yeah, so like that. Yeah, so now he's got rid of his rat poison. So you're right. So even though I found that scene upsetting, because Murta's trying to look back to see where Jamie's going, and Jamie's trying to see where they're sending Murta, but you said... But you know what? He's still alive. So right. the last we see of Murtaugh, he is being so shipped. Just I'm going to say it again. I've said it from the beginning. And we keep saying Murtaugh's in it for the long haul. Like, get used to Murtaugh. He's not going anywhere. I really hope that's true. It's I true. hope that if he survived yes. both Culloden and the prison, that he's in it. Like, I hope that they didn't it, bring him back to give him, like, his own episode where he dies. Like, I hope that's makes not... Makes zero sense. This is... It makes absolutely no sense. He's going to show up. You're going to see Murtaugh... In another country. I mean, I really, really sure hope so. Are. And I would love, and I know this is going to be hard because Myrta is a lot older, but I would love if eventually when Claire does, because we know that she and Jamie reunite after 20 years, I would love for there to be a reunion with Claire and Myrta, but I don't know if he's going to be too old. Because that's the thing that concerns me is Myrta is, what, 20 years older than Jamie? Well, I mean, he's got to be in his, I mean, mid-50s for sure, you know. Right, and it's going to be another 10 years until, I don't know, I mean, we'll have to yeah. see what happens. I mean, if he survived the rat-infested prison, sure that it, hell, he can survive it. I don't know. He can tough. survive a boat ride. Yeah, because yeah. there is that comment that Jamie makes that says if they survive that, because John Gray says they're all being taken to the colonies, and right. Jamie says if they survive. Anyways, but Jamie, on the other hand, is taken to a place called Hellwater, which you described as a nicer Downton Abbey. Yeah, no, it's just fancy Downton Abbey. Yeah. And it, it's this agreement that, or arrangement that John Gray has set up where they won't know that he's a prisoner and he can live there and live as the stables person. And basically, I mean, as close to freedom, he's going to live in Scotland with his... Yeah, it was a little... I was a little sketchy as to why it sounds like some sort of indentured servitude yeah, or something like that. Yeah, because John Gray sure. will come and check every quarter. But right. I, so he's not a prisoner, but he can't exactly just. But think F about off based either. on the other conditions that oh. he's been surviving in. Like he's not in a farm waiting to get shot while listening to his buddies getting shot. He's not in a cave eating raw fish. No, no, he's not is... in the prison with rats. He's going to be like living in a beautiful home in Scotland to come and go relatively as he for sure chooses, for right? Sure yeah. Maybe there'll be so a last there. Who it's knows? a pretty good, yeah. It's a pretty good setup for. For Jamie. Right. Then we go to Claire finishing surgery. 
and Joe Abernathy comes up to her and says... Joe Abernathy looks like he's been hit by a car. He does. He looks really upset for Claire. But it wasn't him. I could have used a little more Joe, Joe Abernathy in this it's episode. Light. Joe Abernathy's light. Light on Joe Abernathy. And I could use a little bit more. I'd like to see a few more scenes. There's that might of, come in the future, though. Yeah. There was, like I said, there was, there was a lot of stuff in this episode that hit the ground. And, you know, her relationship with Joe Abernathy... Yeah, I mean, hopefully that actually speaks to your point about how this episode could have been two, mm-hmm. because then there could have there could have been scenes with Frank and Brianna, but there also could have been more scenes with Claire and Joe Abernathy to show their colleagues, their buddies. Yeah, their... They, they basically completely glossed over Claire's medical career, which I feel is probably a pretty big deal, especially She's a surgeon. She's a right, female es- surgeon, especially at the at yeah. the time. Like yeah. that was huge. Like it was just sort of like, oh, um, I'm in school and now. Ta-da, I'm just doing surgery. Yeah. So um, she goes in and sees dead Frank. Yeah. And you said, does he have some sort of... Yeah, was it like a debilitating foot injury? Like what? How? He did looks it, good. He looks, he looks good. His face looks clear. good. His chest not, looks fine. Not even like a not acne. Must have anything. been internal bleeding of some sort. I guess. Sort. Yeah. It was he died of a broken heart? Because no, he, he sure didn't, didn't die didn't, of a Because he's got candy. Contusion. He's got candy oh, waiting for him. It's brandy. So she leans uh, forward and says, "If you're still close enough to hear me, I did love you." And then so sad. Megan cried. I did. I sobbed in the scene and it starts playing the love theme between Claire and Frank. That love theme that played all through the pilot episode of the two of them except that it's a really sort of hollow haunting version of it. And she leans down and kisses him which I was like Claire you didn't do that all those years that you were living with him but and then she sadly walks away. And it's, I mean, you didn't shed a tear, but I was sobbing, like tears right. streaming you down my face. Sad. It was, yeah. it's such a loss. It's such, and I feel so bad for Frank that he never got to live out his life with a person that he loves and poor Frank. with Brianna and. Yeah, poor Frank for sure. You know, it's a loss for Brianna. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. My turn? Yeah. That was, it was complete bullshit. The uh, scene? Oh God. Claire's response Something. was just, I've never, I've never I don't know. It just, I, I mean, it was very much in character. This is where I'm going to talk about uh, my assessment that I, uh, after, you know, watching three seasons of the show and then, and it sort of culminated on that scene at the end where I really feel that Claire Randall Fraser is probably one of the most selfish characters ever written on TV. Right from the, the very beginning all the way to, to that final scene, I've never seen a character more selfish i don't think well i'm sure they're out there somewhere but i'm not forced to watch them what about on house of cards no claire Randall's worse um <laughs> it's just you know and that's why you know you've seen it before where in every situation she just you know people tell her no that's a bad call and she's like you know what f you and then she just beaks off and gets everybody in trouble and you know she just does whatever the hell she wants she doesn't care. She's super selfish. It's all, it's the Claire show. All Claire, all the time. She's self-assured. No, she's self-ish. There's a difference. It's not noble. And uh, and this at the end was, you know, Frank basically called her out on it twice where he talked about her not, her, her basically, you know, absorbing herself in her career and ignoring her family. And then also because she only saw Jamie and Brianna, she was so, so yeah. she selfishly just... Um, 
you know, stepped away from Brianna because it was, you know, rather than being the bigger person and being a good mother. I think she, she was a good mother. I well, think you, I think that's maybe a misinterpretation of that line. Well, I just, I, as yeah. someone who's interpreting the show as he watches yep. it, that's how I saw it. Yeah. And then, uh, and then again, and then this, it, it basically culminated in the scene where she does this like bullshit apology to dead Frank. And it's like, where was that for the past how, what 20 years I don't even know how many years it was it was just the most ridiculous selfish cop out because it was bullshit closure for Claire yeah. without having to actually have the repercussions of of you know apologizing to anyone it was it was basically just now she can just walk out of the room and be like oh well glad I took care of that time to just move on with my life like I always do and uh, you know and just pine about my Scottish lover because that's all I care about in the world. Um, so, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't like her. Okay. <laughs> so what? Okay. But think about all the good things in this episode that you did like, There's right? A lot of good. There is a lot of good in this episode, mm-hmm. including the return of Murta, the introduction of Lord John Gray, all the stuff in Ardsmere Prison, which I think was so well done. Mm-hmm. Claire's 1960s hairdo, which I know you liked. What is your Loinlander rating of this episode? Oh, we're into Loinlander rating. Okay. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I would give this rating. I would give this. Uh, I give it a 62. 62. Which I think is my highest rating and maybe my highest rating ever. So don't get used to it. But I. I oh, you're writing it down. Loin I, that, points. I would give this 62 loin points. Um, it was it was a good episode, good enough that I I thought it could be stretched out to two. It, there was interesting characters, interesting dialogue, interesting back and forth. Um, no, it was it was it was it's pretty big, good. Huge yeah. news, huge news. Stop. So I would give it a ninety eight point nine. Oh, because I it's my favorite episode of the season so far. I mean, I was laughing at some points. I was crying. It was. I was so happy to see Murta. I was so devastated to see Frank die because that's the end of Tobias Menzies, guys. Like, well, Jack. No, Jack Randall is dead, and now Frank is. Although they have left it open. I was just reading an interview with Ronald D. Moore and Tobias Menzies saying that they might do Frank flashbacks. But like, why do you need that? Why do we need to see more miserable? Probably not. Claire and Frank. I don't think you need that. But they said, if the show asked you to come back, would you? And he said, of course I would. But he has to say that. Yeah. But Uh, I mean, I think basically he will, I mean, that's it. Tobias Menzies is not a regular on Outlander anymore. And that is a huge loss. I mean, the good thing is we've had some nice additions, right? Yeah, yeah. But, and we have Murta, which is something that we, Ah. the book didn't have. But losing, losing Tobias Menzies is, I mean, that's tough. Well, and it's huge because now they've lost just from a story standpoint. It's interesting because they've they've sort of they've lost the main foil, if you want to call them that. You've lost the main foil in both timelines. Like in Yield Scotland, he you know he was the heavy, uh, you know Tobias Menzies, yeah, as uh, you know Jack Randall, and then he was even though I was sympathetic towards Frank, he was I think. Uh, you know in the book more so he was sort of supposed to be the he's almost a villain in the book yeah too. like he was like a pseudo antagonist in the you know he was sort of just claire's opposition yeah and uh, he was having affairs but they didn't have an open marriage they didn't sleep in separate beds yeah apparently he was much more villainous in the book mm-hmm. so so it's interesting because that character is now you know they like they don't really have uh 
you know, an antagonist and I, uh, you know, a set antagonist in either timeline. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Mm-hmm. But they also, I was just thinking about all the characters we're going to have. Someone who we haven't seen this season yet is Richard Rankin, Roger. We're going right. to get Roger soon, right? So the show is going to, even though it's a travesty. Well, it's going to have to jump. We're going to have to do another big. Well, not be that some... big because Brianna is 18, right? And I think that's how old, is or she old? was 20. She was yeah. 20 at the so end of another jump. Another two years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are we going to see Gaius? We don't know. I don't know. Gillis Duncan. I'm interested in that. Anyway. We'll find out. Um, MVP of the episode? We're going to hand it out to uh, we're gonna hand it out to Lord John Gray. Yeah. He brought it. was a solid, solid debut. Rookie of the year. John Gray. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my MVP, it's tied for John Gray, obviously, because David Barry was incredible, mm-hmm. with Claire. Because that scene no. on the couch Sorry. where she and Frank were fighting, Katrina Balfe, her face... I, I mean, she was like crying into her whiskey glass and her mouth was contorted into this position. I've never seen it before. She was so angry. Yeah, you're totally right. She she was incredible Ball, in this. Yeah, she acted the hell out of that. No, she really did. She was. She looked... Yeah, no, I... Like the I, silent, livid anger that she was... Fe- like, yeah, I... If I was acting... Not that I'm an actor, but if I was acting across from Katrina Ball and she looked <laughs> at me that way, I would be legitimately concerned yeah. about myself. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. Okay, what was your favorite scene of the episode? Uh, I mean, I gotta give it to, to the scene where we find out Murtaugh's alive. Just just to because it was so my comeuppance. Good, and you it, just you hear know, his voice, so, and yeah. you're like, wait a second, wait a second. So even though it may not have been the quote unquote best scene in the show, it's just for myself. I have to, you know, that's a that's an easy pick. Yeah. My favorite scene was when Jamie and John Gray are playing chess and they talk about their lost loves. I mean, that would have probably been the the number two or, or the one with him where they eat the pheasant. Like, I, and the, yeah. those kind of one-on-one Jamie, John Gray scenes. The yeah. one also with, you know, the, the Pee and Castle scene was, yeah. uh, despite the fact that it had some confusing chronology to it, was uh, also a good scene. Because it was but, such strong character development. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Um, your least favorite scene? I mean, I think we it's know. It's the crying scene, the BS. Over Frank's yeah, dead body. Yeah, the, the, the bullshit, uh, selfish closure scene. Hmm. Yours? Um, all of the young John Gray flashbacks from season two that we've seen already. They milked them. They showed it a And it was like, times. no, no, we know. Out, some fans maybe wouldn't know, but we are Outlander fans. We know. We've watched the series multiple times. We don't need to waste the 30 seconds to 45 seconds on flashbacks of scenes that we've already witnessed. We well, don't and, need that. And you showed them to us in the previously on, the yeah. same thing. And they they really hit us over the head with Yeah, it's young... like we know. We know it was the same character. Yeah. Anyway, so that was my least favorite. Other than that, though, it was, uh, it was an incredible episode. Well, let's not go crazy. I mean, you gave it 62 loin points. I still gave it... It's 62 out of 100. That's not incredible. But that's we've moved not bad. real far from six. It's and pretty good. that's what well, counts. Well, I felt bad about giving last episode six. It was just... It got... There was certain <laughs> things that really just tanked it. But that was probably, you know... That's probably a little bit harder. You know, if I could go back, I would probably give it like... 16, 20 maybe. Maybe Maybe even that a strong 20. Maybe not. But uh, yeah, six was a little harsh. So don't don't read into the six to sixty to jump. Too much? Okay. Too much, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Take note, everyone. Take note. All right. Well, that is it for this episode of Loinlander. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And uh, if you like what you hear, like us on iTunes. And if you don't like what you hear, 
like us on iTunes. <laughs> uh, have a great weekend, night, week, wherever you are. Yeah. Bye now. See you next week. This is a test of Joe's side of the microphone. Booyah. This is a test of Megan's side of the microphone. Booyah.